0: Ephesians chapter 2 and beginning at verse 1, I'll read to verse 10. Let's hear God's word. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we also all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind but God being rich in mercy The immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As we come now to God's word, would you uh, pray with me? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father God, we do thank you for all these uh, musicians and all the work that's gone into this evening, the readers and uh, all the different elements for an evening like this, both now and, then, uh, 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 and uh, on Sunday too as well. And uh, we pray, Lord, as we uh, come to your word, uh, along with what the Apostle Paul prayed early in his letter, that you would open the eyes of our hearts to see uh, what it is that you have to say to us this evening. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In 2018, there were a series of devastating mudslides in Southern California. One particularly extreme case took place in a a small town there in Southern California where a um, a large uh, gas receptacle exploded and the bridge uh, next to it was destroyed and uh, fire began to break out and the fire enveloped uh, the, uh, uh, the apartment building right next to the bridge and where the gas explosion had been a woman was stuck on the uh, second floor of that apartment building and leapt out of uh, uh, the building to uh, try and escape the flames. But as she leapt and when she fell on the ground, she broke her her feet and couldn't move and was in danger of being killed by the flames. A firefighter uh, named Marve Juarez rushed into the fire. She uh, dragged uh, the woman out of the flames for over a thousand yards. That evening, uh, Marve Yarez uh, uh, is credited with saving over a hundred lives. I wonder how that woman feels about that firefighter. I wonder what difference it makes to her life to know that she has been rescued. The Apostle Paul is writing uh, this letter to the Ephesians with the aim of encouraging uh, this network of churches. Planted in Ephesus through his ministry at the Hall of Tyrannus, went through the province of uh, Asia, a network of churches, and he wants to encourage them uh, with uh, the heavenly power of God. He wants to show them how God's purpose in Christ and the heavenly places, the unseen spiritual realm, encourages the church with spiritual power uh, to walk in the light and to speak the truth in love as one body, as one church. He's aiming to encourage them. As we saw on Sunday, he's uh, He's praying that the eyes of their hearts would be would be open to see all this, this truth of which he's teaching. And now we come to the main body of the letter, where he begins to un, un, unfold that truth. And what he's what he's saying to them here is: that It is by grace that you've been saved. That is, you've been rescued. And I want to encourage you in that regard, he's saying, so that your walk, uh, the passage begins with one kind of walking and ends with another kind of walking, so that your walking, that is your life, would be transformed by that realization that you've been rescued. And he tells the story of rescue. He tells them that you were dead, but God, by grace. First you were, were dead, then but God, and then Uh, third by grace first you were dead verses 1 to 3 he says this you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked that's that walk Uh, we shouldn't be surprised the Apostle Paul uses this language of being dead though living because it's very much the same language that Jesus uses in his uh, parable of the prodigal son where he says that uh, when the son was rescued uh, the father says to him, This son of man was mine, was dead, but is now alive. You were dead, says the apostle Paul, reflecting Jesus' teaching. How could it be that outside of Christ we're dead? Well, says the apostle Paul, it's all to do with what we want. We are following, he says, the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, and following what it is that we want. Our passions of body and of mind. We're living according to the fashion, the influence of the world around us. We're bound by that. Our opinion is the opinion of what everyone else thinks. That's what we are like naturally. Whatever is most popular, that is what we will agree with. We're following the course of this world. There is a world system in rebellion against God, says the Apostle Paul, and we were once dead because we were in that world system. But not only that, we're following the power of the prince of the spirit uh, of the air. Of course, the Apostle Paul is talking of the devil. It's so unfashionable to mention the devil, but there's no doubt that, as C.S. Lewis once put it, there are two equal and opposite dangers with regard to the devil. One is to ignore him altogether, and the other is to become fascinated by him. There is a real spiritual enemy, and those who are outside of Christ are dead not only because they're following what is most popular, what people generally believe, but also because they're under the power of the evil one and the fine he says uh, we are once dead because we're doing what it is that we want we all once lived in the passions of our flesh that is what our body wants what our senses want we we see something we get it we want more money we get it we we we're, the sensual physical passions what we want but also what our mind wants we think what we want we do what we want and the paul says all that means that we are by nature children of wrath, just like everyone else. All of us were dead. It's not exactly the most fashionable or popular thing to teach. I've always liked uh, what Henry uh, Ford said when uh, he was asked why he never did any customer surveys He said, if I had asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said, faster horses. (laughs) We need to know that we're in a fire, that the house is burning down, and that we need rescuing. We were once dead, says the Apostle Paul. But then, but God, verses 4 to 7. And when the Apostle Paul talks about God, he emphasizes his love. God being rich in mercy. The word mercy there is probably um, translating the Old Testament Hesed, the Hebrew word Hesed, which is God's covenant love, his covenant faithfulness. He's rich in love. That's who God is. Yes, he's, he's angry at sinners, but he also loves them. Both are true. Not one or other, both are true. He's rich in mercy. At those that he is angry with. He loves us because of the great love with which he loves us, though actually the Apostle Paul does not say with which he loves us, but with which he loved us. He's thinking of one particular action, that is the action of Jesus' death on the cross. Because of the great love with which he loved us, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive. And then he has three with statements, brilliantly expressed in the Greek. Together with Christ, he has made us alive. And he has raised us with Christ and seated us with Christ in the heavenly places. That is, with Christ, we are now spiritually alive. And he says we're also raised and seated in the heavenly places. How can those latter two be true? Surely we haven't yet been raised, and we're not yet in heaven. The Apostle Paul says if we are in Christ, we have spiritually been made alive, we have a new taste, a new desire, we now want to please God, and because we've been spiritually made alive, positionally, we are raised. Positionally, we are seated. Our victory is absolutely certain and guaranteed. Because we've been made alive with Christ, therefore, positionally, we're as good as raised and as good as seated ruling with Jesus for all eternity, if we're a Christian. Um, my uh, grandparents uh, both fought in World War Two, and uh, because of that I've long been fascinated by stories out of World War II. I was much amused to discover recently that a, a particular borough of London, which is where I'm from, called Richmond, uh, it has a, uh, a golf club and in 1940, uh, Richmond uh, Golf Club uh, posted some uh, rules for how to keep playing golf in the middle of World War II. They had things like uh, this, if you discover shrapnel on the ground, please clear it up, otherwise it will mess up our mowers when we're trying to mow the grass. And they had this list of seven or nine rules the, 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 the most amazing to me was, if while you are Conducting a golf swing, there is a simultaneous bomb explosion. You may replace your ball and take another shot. (laughs) Penalty, one stroke. (laughs) What bravery. How different would your life be if you knew for sure you were going to win. Guaranteed. If you're a Christian, you are made alive with Christ, you are raised with him, and you are seated with him in the heavenly realms. Guaranteed, for sure, definite. Such is his love for us. Oh, be encouraged, Christian. He has won the victory, and in him you have that victory. You're seated with him. Oh, yes, we were once dead, but God made us alive. And then uh, third, it is by grace, verses 8 to 10. For by grace you've been saved. Uh, This is his emphasis. He repeats it twice in this passage. uh, Through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship... Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He is saying uh, that we were once dead. God made us alive, and it is by grace. And he explains that by telling us what it does mean and what it does not what it does not mean. What it does mean is we're saved by grace through faith. Grace is God's Unmerited favor. Faith is confused many, many people down through the years. Do I have enough faith? What does it mean to have faith? Faith is very simply trust. That's all it is. You're sitting on a chair. There you are in the pew. You sat down. Uh, You had trust that the pew or the chair would support your weight. That's all faith is. Trust. The chair supports you. You trust God and he saves you. For by grace, through faith, that's what it is. What it is not, it is not by works, but it is for works. I want to encourage you, says the Apostle Paul, to walk differently because of this truth that you've been rescued. It is not by works, but it is transformative of our lives. It is for works. Uh, The old Puritans used to say that we are saved by faith alone, but not by the faith that remains alone. We're saved, as the Apostle Paul puts it here, not by works, but for works, for good works. Uh, What uh, uh, the Apostle Paul was saying here is that We are God's workmanship. The word there for workmanship is the word from which in English we get poem. Uh, What Paul is saying is that we are God's, if we're Christians, we are God's craftsmanship. We are the pinnacle of his creative new creation endeavor. We are his expression of divine genius. Walter Isaacson is a famous biographer. He's written biographies of uh, Steve Jobs and uh, Leonardo da Vinci and Benjamin Franklin. And uh, Walter Isaacson, as he's written these biographies of these historic geniuses, has reflected on what makes someone a genius. And according to him, he thinks it's the combination of the arts and the sciences. He quotes from Steve Jobs at one point, who says that what made Leonardo da Vinci such a genius is that he saw the beauty in both engineering and the arts. So I, I, Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. But the expression of God's genius is you, Christian. You are his workmanship. He's designed you to be a brilliant expression of his kindness, of his love, of his grace for all eternity. And therefore, of course, walk in that, mothers, fathers, children, engineers, artists, Preachers, violinists, organists, teachers, scientists, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to be a brilliant expression of divine genius for all eternity. Walk in it. Make the most of it. I want to encourage you, says the Apostle Paul, that you are rescued now for a purpose. And as a rescued person, live in that way, live in that light, walk in that light, speak the truth in love as one body, as the church. There's an Australian uh, called James Harrison who when he was 14 years old had to have a series of blood Transfusions to save his life. And having been through all those uh, blood transfusions, he decided to, uh, to give back, to, to pay it forward. And he uh, began to donate his own blood. Scientists discovered that uh, James Harrison, the Australian James Harrison, had an unusual antibody in his blood. It's called uh, the anti-D body. And uh, what they discovered was by using this unusual part of his uh, blood, they could uh, develop a uh, treatment for a, a, a rare disease for pregnant mothers, whereby, rhesus disease, whereby the red blood cells of the baby can be killed and the baby dies. Year after year, month after month, week after week, James Harrison donated his his, his blood. Uh, he donated blood over 1,000 times every, uh, uh, every couple of weeks for 50 or 60 years. The, the Australian Red Cross estimates that because of his donations of his blood, uh, he has saved over 6 million children. He knew he was a rescued person. Transformed his life. Oh, Christian, walk in what God has for you. Be encouraged. It is by grace that you've been saved. You are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus as a display of his kindness for all eternity. Let's pray together. Our Lord God, we thank you for the truth of what the Apostle Paul is teaching us here. We pray that indeed we would walk in uh, all that you have prepared for us to do. We pray, Lord, for those here uh, this evening who don't yet know you. We pray, Lord, that uh, you, by a supernatural work of your own power, would make them alive. Lord, our problem, if we don't know you, is not insufficient education or insufficient information. Or Our problem is that we're dead and we need to be made alive. So we pray, Lord God, that you would do that. This evening, by your Spirit, you would make the dead live. And for those of us, Lord, who do know you, help us to see, as the Apostle Paul prayed, that we have been made alive with Christ, we've been raised with him, and we are seated with him. And therefore, yes, in all our brokenness and failures that we still have in this Christian life, without any doubt, nonetheless, we are his workmanship. Help us then to walk in what it is that you have for us, we pray in Jesus' glory and in his name. Amen.